Hello and welcome to the Native and the Transplant. I'm your native, Alex Johnson. And I'm excited for this podcast because this is something that's been a little bit in the works. And uh, you have heard our guest once before. And this time he had reached out saying, hey, that book that I was talking about last year, it's actually coming out. And I want to come back on to be able to talk a little bit about it. And so without further ado, we are lucky enough to have Mr. Matt Schaup back on the podcast. Matt, how are you? I'm good. Good. Been busy and enjoyed the holidays and uh, back at it. Super excited about the book. And thanks for having me. Good to, yeah. good to see you again. Likewise. I love the studio here. I love this. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. So first and, and foremost, your book, The Painted Baby. I just wanted to read a little bit just about the author because <laughs> <laughs> about the author on this one. So Matt Schaup is an award-winning serial entrepreneur uh, that it, and is passionate about inspiring business owners to discover their leadership potential. He is founder of Emini Painting, Emini Roofing Solutions, Emini Real Estate Ventures, MattSchaup.com, Schaup Commercial, Seville Holdings. He is also co-founder of Northern Colorado Jiu-Jitsu and Riri? Rai Rai. Rai Rai. Sorry, I wanted to double check That's on okay. that one. Uh, makers of the uh, of the Pirate Patch drywall repair tool, Matt also founded and created the Gentle Art of Leadership, a personal and professional leadership development program, the ultimate immersion experience, and uh, exper experiential leadership retreat to Spain. So, do you have time to breathe? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. That is good. Just seeing all of those accolades. And the last time that we had you on, we had you on for the gentle art of leadership. Yes. And everything that you're doing with that and, and your trips to Spain and how you're truly doing a full immersion experience yes. for leaders within Northern Colorado. Still, I take it that you're still working on that. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we actually ended up deciding to move the ultimate immersion Spain experience over to 2024. So we actually filled all the spots, but it was with everybody that said, Hey, 2024 is a, is a better year. And kind of in the moving of that, the meantime, uh, I've got a passion for Spain, obviously, but I've spent a couple of uh, trips hiking part of the Camino de Santiago. So it's a big 500 mile uh, pilgrimage yes. and I hiked the last 70 miles. So actually later this year, we're going to be taking a group over there uh, to do, do a different style kind of immersion retreat. It's more of an unplugged disconnect recenter, refocus and enjoy the, uh, you know, the beauty of the nature, the food, the cuisine, and just some good fellowship together with other business leaders and professionals. That's awesome. Got to go to Spain, man. I got <laughs> to go there. It's a big, big part of my life and peace of my heart's there, you know? Oh, very much so. Uh, just even reading your book and I am grateful that you were able to send me a PDF copy of it and was able to finish it up. And to start out with, it was it was not what I anticipated. Your book was not at all what I anticipated. And it was so much, ultimately it's been so much more. Thank you. Uh, just yeah. when you said that, I go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, you see the cover, the painted, painted baby, and you're talking about vulnerability within business and, and sharing those stories that you don't normally share. And, yeah. you know, to dive in a little bit, just to give you a, a quick synopsis or I don't know if it's even going to be that. It's it's so different than the Simon Senecs. It's so different than than a lot of the other kind of you know Grant Cardone books or any of those other self help books or or help with your business books and that sort of stuff. It, and so it was. That's what caught me off guard. And even right now, I'm stumbling over my words a little bit just because it was entirely different than what I thought going into it. Was that intentional? It, it was, and one of the so, – so from cover to cover, you know, part of the, the intrigue of the cover is you, you see it and you, and you have to turn it over. Right? Like you, you can't not look at that cover, I believe, <laughs> and I would say a lot of people that I tested the cover out with before we launched it is you see that there's a three-year-old baby with paint splattered all over her. It's actually my daughter, and there's a story yeah. behind that. Well, I think it's on like page baby. 91 or something that you even have a disclaimer that no babies were hurt in the... She was not. She was not <laughs> harmed, nor was the baby that we actually actually painted. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to capture you know, capture readers' attention. Um, the, the marketing campaign that we did with that when we did it years ago 
really caught people's attention. But uh, yeah, I wanted them to turn, you know, turn over to the back of the book and read what it's all about. But one one thing that has frustrated me with a lot of the, you know, quote unquote thought thought leader books, uh, I go, hey, you leave with a sound bite. Like, and I love I love Simon Sinek's books. I love the Grant Cardone stuff. But sometimes it's like, hey, start with why. That's amazing, right? You know, how? But how, that's like I, I watched his keynote and I left that. I said, well, how do you do that? Where do you where do you go from there? So I wanted that inspirational, you know, catch somebody, draw somebody in, give them that, you know, that soundbite and that core message. But then from there, I really wanted the book to explain how you do it, how you break it down, what the step by step process is of telling a great story and digging into the parts of your life or your professional or personal journey that aren't so pretty, that aren't so perfect and how you how and when you interject and mix that in. So I wanted there to be some real practical application, um, but also some inspiration. And it's rare that, that I feel that you find both out there. It's yeah. either too methodical and it's boring. Uh, it's like an, like an operating or an owner's manual, or it's just, hey, go do this and it'll make your life better. Okay, well, now what? And, and you're kind of left hanging a little bit. Well, and even in the book, you, you, um, you talk about reaction versus response mm-hmm. quite a bit. And that, that part got me because you can everybody's had those emails that you get that you get that just send you through the roof and as you put it in the book you're just slamming your keys on your keyboard yes and then you hold off for 24 hours come back to it and then you actually respond um before we really get into the book there's a part that you make mention in the book that you set this manuscript down back in 2016 yeah, I did. And then a lot of the book is being called out or is is talking about being called out by different people. Even the whole story of the painted baby is yeah. a call out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the premise of the book. But what what happened? What led to back in 2016 for you to just kind of tuck this manuscript away and not really bring it out until a different author actually told your story back in 2021. Yeah, good my good friend Mike McCallowicks and I owe a lot to him for this for this book seeing it through. Yeah, I would say back back in 2016, I think as much as, you know, I would sit there and say, "Well, I don't care what people think. I don't care what the feedback or the opinion is." I I did too much and I let too many just negative negative comments uh take me off track. I let I I let the the negative weight of of a negative comment or something that wasn't supportive outweigh the positive benefit that the message is going to have. Now, looking back at it, hindsight, I'm always a glasses half full guy. This book is a million times better in 2023 <laughs> than it would have been uh, because yeah. the I continue telling the story. I continue sharing Painted Baby and the message. Um, so there's a lot more meat to it. It's just It would have been a totally different book. So I'm glad I waited, but that was the true reason that I put it down. When you uh, you go to write, you do a podcast, you put yourself out there professionally or as a personal brand – there, there's nothing between you and that audience, right? Yeah. And everybody's going to have feedback. And one of the things I wanted to share is, you know, people are going to have a reaction and a response. And reactions are very emotionally driven, knee-jerk reaction based on just however you're feeling. And a lot of times people will share feedback with you that's um, that, that would be different if they had some time to really process things. But, yeah, I just I – was, I was a chicken, man, and I chickened out and uh, – <laughs> When I when I saw it in Mike's book, uh, Mike McCallowicks wrote "Get Different," and he shared this story. You know, he messaged. He goes, "Man, I'm, I'm getting." He gets tons of messages and emails. He goes, "Everybody's writing about painted babies. Like you gotta finish. Like you gotta finish this book. You gotta stop being a." You know, uh, called me a couple of things, and he <laughs> called me out. Right, he called me out, and that's what I wanted to do in this book is uh, call out readers in a really good way to say, "Hey, are you trying to be perfect all the time? Are you falling into that trap of painting a picture of perfection? If so," You know, I was doing it too. We all do it. Think about another way that you can approach connecting with people. That's great. So let's dive into the actual book, The Painted Baby. And I I listened to our last podcast, and it it was funny because I was born and raised in Loveland. I lived here a majority of my life. Saw your billboard, saw everything with The Painted Baby, um, but never actually knew the full story. And so you had talked a little bit about it in the last podcast for about, I don't know, about three minutes or so. brief, yeah. It was very brief. If you wouldn't mind just diving in without giving too much away, and even if you tell your entire story, it's there's so much more in this book than just this one story. (laughs) 
Well, and, and I did. I intentionally went out and found some very powerful stories from other business leaders, entrepreneurs, and just, just people, you know, in the community and across the country that have really leaned into vulnerability, leaned into their stories. So, yeah, this book is a great collection of stories. So, no, I don't think sharing, you know, more or all of it would would take too much <laughs> away. But but I founded my painting company back in 2005. I uh, was six figures in debt, recently married, just got fired from a job that I hated. So it was this blessing in disguise. And I took my last $100 and opened a bank account and just started pounding the pavement. And I worked really, really hard to build and establish my brand. But the focus of building that brand was here's why we're so amazing, awesome, excellent, A plus, five star, right? And I created this shiny marketing brochure and this, this persona. And don't get me wrong, as a business, you need to explain why you are awesome and amazing and wonderful. So I'm three, four years into the business and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there about to close the biggest contract of my life. And it's about 15 times the size of a normal paint job. And I'm sitting across the table, just like we are with a, a client. He's a repeat client. We had painted many things for him before and, um, had a $60,000 proposal put in front of him and, you know, very sales driven back then. So all right, I'm going to do the either or close. All right. So would you like to go with this option or that option? The guy's a decisive guy, straight shooter, and he's not signing the contract. He just keeps pushing it back. And he goes, man, I'm just not ready to do this. And I'm, I'm playing this, you know, this wheel in my head, you know, what, what <laughs> objection do I need to handle? What do I need to come back with? So we back and forth and he said, Matt, just, you know, cut the crap. I, I had showed him my shiny marketing brochure. He picks it up. He throws it across his office. This thing, this thing is crap. You know, this, this is all the good stuff you did. I want to know about a time you screwed up and what you did about it. So that, that was this initial call out. I had never been asked this before in business. I was never taught that you would ever share that. So I'm sitting here kind of 180 upside down, not knowing what to do. And I'm nervous and I'm sweating. I'm like, but I got to close the deal, you know? So I said, all right, well, great. We painted the wrong color on a house once. Not that big of a deal. He said, you know, I know that's not that big of a deal, Matt. That probably happens more often than you would think. <laughs> so we painted the wrong house once. Because you painted the wrong house. I said, yeah, we actually went to the wrong house. We mixed up a drive and a court. There was a cul-de-sac and a, and a drive, right? An avenue, a street yeah. uh, with the same address. And he leans in. He's like, you did what? I'm like, that was a bad day. You know, we had, we had a lot on our hands and I'll let you go to the book to read the, the whole story. And he goes, yeah, but I feel like you've got something better. And I said, well, fine. Do you want to hear about the time that we painted a baby? It's real silent. He leans <laughs> in. It's the most engaged I've ever seen him in any of our conversations that I've ever seen a client in any sales engagement. And then I went on to tell him the story. We were painting a house for a wonderful family and uh, the husband worked, the mom stayed home. She had a nine month old baby girl. She comes out every day to bring the guys snacks, drinks, you know, and admire the paint job. And on the very last day of the uh, paint job, I'm 20 minutes away, get a phone call from my painter, Raul. He's screaming and crying, and it's hysterical. Um, Spanish, he's a Spanish-speaking guy, and I speak Spanish, so we goof around Spanish. Mateo, Mateo, come quick. I paint the baby. Oh, my gosh. Come quick. And he just said, I paint the baby. And he hangs up the phone. <laughs> Speed over. And it's just a, just a mess. Paint sprayer exploded at the job site and painted everything within a 30, 40 foot radius of the house, including the painters, mom and her baby. So we actually painted a baby um, and we, we handled, addressed the situation, but I'm sitting here at this sales appointment, you know, a couple years after this happens and, and I'm telling him, I'm airing my dirty laundry. I'm sharing all of these things that, you know, competition would never want to, I don't want my competition to ever know this yeah. and be able to share this. And he's engaged and he's, and he's laughing and we're connecting and then he signs my contract. He goes, you're the kind of guy I want to do business with. And, and I just shared bits and pieces of, of this entire story. And I left that engagement saying, hey, it wasn't my brochure. It wasn't my wonderful Better Business Bureau review. It wasn't my tricky clothes that I learned in sales school. It was just being raw and real and sharing the, the shitty, shitty day at the office. I don't know how else to explain it, you know? Yeah. And um, there was something there, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was. So it took me some time to really dig into what happened that day and understand, you know, the human psychology of that. But then I said, I have got to go test this. Maybe this was just a luck thing. So I went out and started sharing the story at every sales appointment and like methodically, scientifically tracking ratios and results and observing behaviors of people. And I literally found that when you are true, real, raw, vulnerable – and just honest with people, you connect with them on a deeper level and they're refreshed because they were waiting and wanting to do the same thing. You know, we're posturing as people trying to tell you how great our <laughs> holiday was and how, you know, and it's yeah. not like this really sucks. Like you and I talked about kind of a rough situation that 
you went through, you know, and yeah. um, I, I think we connected more because of that. Yeah. And I like how you break it down in your book where you talk about this, but then you talk about the methodical aspect where the, the first eight appointments that you had after that one appointment, you didn't close a single one. No, it, it was the overall mindset of you can't just be vulnerable. You have to be able to say, yes, this is what we are good at. This is something that we strive for perfection on a daily basis. But even though we're striving for perfection on a daily basis with every job that we do, there are times that it goes completely sideways. Yes. And when it goes completely sideways, how do we react? How do we respond in that moment? And I, I think more so now today than even back in 2010, 2011, um, everybody is used to the facade. Everybody's used to the social media, how great, how perfect everything is in everybody's life, where internally you're just feeling like crap because you're like, great, I've got everybody else that's somehow doing this perfectly, and I can't get out of my own way. Yep. Where everybody else, it's just a facade. It's what they put out there. They're perfect family. They're perfect, yep. happy, everything. And um, you, a few of the stories you talk about religion, and I'm – the point of this is not to go into a religious talk at yeah. all, but I, I re- equate it to the Sunday morning Christian where prior to social media, there was a lot of people that I, you know, go to Sunday, go to church every Sunday and you knew what their home life was and it was crap. Yeah. You knew how they treated their kids. You knew everything else that was going on, but you showed up on Sunday and they were this picture perfect family playing the part. Yeah. Playing yeah, the play, part, playing the role and in society. I think with you know, social media and the um, progression and evolution of it is, you know, everybody's, everybody's posturing, you know, I'll even go to mine. Like I look at all oh, these beautiful family photos and Christmas and morning coffee with Matt. Like I didn't <laughs> share about my busted up knee. Ah, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm actually about to, um, but you know, we, we're all, we're all posturing in a way. And, and with everybody doing that and posturing, you feel like, well, I've got to, I've got to, meet up with that and 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 then everybody's competing and we just we we overset this expectation that we know we can't meet so um i've been in so many conversations engagements and i challenge everybody listening you know here's here's the perfect holiday this is wonderful this is amazing and somebody says hey you know sip a coffee can i just, can i just get real with you for a minute like i've got some really bad stuff going on i just need to get it off my chest and this is really you know really impacting me and my family and my business and then you watch that other person really you too Oh man, well, well, I've got this going on. And then you just, there's, there's an honesty there. There's a vulnerability and somebody has to go first. Have you ever been in those conversations where you're like, that was, that was pointless. Like we we know something's going on at a deeper level with both, both of us and nobody wanted to go there. Even when I was in the mortgage business, that was, um, one thing that I connected with a lot of my clients on. You could tell if somebody's coming to you, especially for refinance, when rates aren't great, and there's something going on, you have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to figure out, okay, what is the actual point and purpose of this? What's actually going on? And when you, it it was amazing to me, because I I can recall just a couple off the top of my head, that all of a sudden, and in particular with men, um, it's very difficult for men to open up, to be vulnerable. Yeah. And throughout, uh, when I was president of the Northern Colorado Rugby Club, I talked with a lot of my guys then as well. But that that taught me how to interact, how to engage, how to be able to get someone to open up a little bit. And I would hear the same thing every single time is I feel like I'm taking two steps forward and then three steps back. Yeah. And it got to be a point with me that I love rugby. I'm not sure if you've ever watched rugby or if you're a fan of rugby. Just a little bit, but I I couldn't tell you much about it. So in rugby, there's three ways that you can move the ball forward. So one, you hand it to a guy like me. So again, I'm 6'2", 325 pounds. I get the hold of the ball, and I just drive forward as hard as I can. Usually good for 5 meters, 8 meters, 10 meters, something along along those lines. But a guy like me doing that every single play... I get tired pretty quickly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you can't do that anymore. The second way is you can kick the ball forward. But if you kick the ball forward, you lose possession. 
So then at that point in time, you're kicking the ball forward and then you are running, you're doing everything you can to try and recover that ball. So that way you can maintain some semblance of control. But as it's in the air, you have zero control of what's going on. The third way, and what you see more often than not in rugby, is in order to maintain control, you throw the ball backwards. You have your entire line that's spread across the field and everyone's staggered back. And you throw that ball and you shuttle it to the other sideline, going 15, 20 meters back to get into a different position to be able to run the ball forward. And I noticed that when I would talk with with men in particular, and I would share this story with them about how you can maintain control and move the ball forward, I said, on the rugby pitch, we do it every single down. We do it every single time that that we have to to recoup, we have to redirect, we have to throw the ball backwards, we have to take 10, 15 steps backwards to be able to get seven steps forward. Absolutely. And being able to change that overall mentality of this is something that you do in this game every single time you, you step on the field. So why is it in life when all of a sudden you have to take you? Yeah, you took two steps forward, but now you're taking seven steps back. Why is it that you get discouraged instead of looking at it that you're just moving to a better position so that way you can drive further yeah. the next time? I think I think we look at the the short game, right? It's like, Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to score. I'm trying to cross this line right now. And I just pitch the ball back. So I'm a, I'm, I'm back now. But it's like, yeah, but you might, you might be saving yourself from uh, some <laughs> impending doom, disaster, <laughs> failure, or something you didn't see. There's, there's a reason for it, you know? And yeah. I think we're just, we're conditioned. I have a new uh, video series coming out. It's Matt on the mats. It's leadership lessons that I learned through and from training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yes. And we're in this culture where, you know, you, you turn on a podcast or a little reel or whatever. It's drive forward. Don't ever give up. Go, go, go. And, and you got to drive forward. It's like, no, it's okay to stop. It's, it's okay to pause, stop, tap out, give up momentarily so you can regroup. And that regroup might mean going 20 yards back off the field, back to the locker room. To, to figure out, hey, whatever I'm doing, like this isn't sustainable moving forward. This isn't working moving forward. As we're moving forward, people are getting injured or they're they're leaving our organization or whatever it is, right, that's going on. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. But, again, like it's just it's what we're conditioned to do. Just drive, drive forward. Don't ever give up. And, you know, a step backwards is very linear, just that linear thinking and not that long-term and just holistic thinking of what else is involved in there. I don't know who said the quote, but it's uh, been circulating. It kind of always circulates at the beginning of the year where people always overestimate what they can do in six weeks and underestimate what they can do in a year. Yes, I think I hear Tony Robbins say that a lot. I don't know if he originally said that, but, uh, yeah, it's just it's just those those little steps. And sometimes going going backwards is necessary to to go forward. And that's okay. And when you're, when I get, I forget which chapter it is. It's towards the beginning of the book, chapter two or chapter three, correct me if I'm wrong, okay. is when you start talking about jujitsu and how you were mm-hmm. driving by this jujitsu studio oh, yeah. and you would drive by, drive by, drive by. And then one day you actually go in. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Drove by, drove by, was going to the, uh, to the Gold's gym in Loveland there, you know, on, on Eisenhower and, you know, MMA was, was gaining popularity i had done a little bit of another martial art and i said i'm gonna gonna stop in here one day and um you know thought i was going to jump in on like a kickboxing you know stand up uh, punch people in the face class and there's all these guys wrestling around in pajamas and i'm like well i'm here i'm here for that i might as well do that and i go oh this guy just threw this guy and then choked this guy that seems pretty (laughs) cool you know and i saw that on the tv in the ufc so i'm big and strong i can do this and you know that was uh, that was the call out section. I I believe when yes. I got I got pretty called out that day and and challenged. It turned everything that I thought that the point of sharing that story was everything I thought I knew about say physical engagement and winning a fight. You know in a in a one on one you know face to face with somebody was was totally twisted upside down just like it was in that sales engagement with Bill because Bill called me out. He said Ah BS this thing's BS. Tell me about a time you screwed up. Hey, you can't drive forward just because you're twice this kid's size and expect to do something with him. He knows Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he just used everything that you had against you, and and now you're crying (laughs) a lot. (laughs) It's amazing when we have those moments in life. And if everyone, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, you've had that experience. You've, at least I hope that you have. 
because I know throughout my life there's been times um, where when you're down and out, there's there's nothing. Uh, failure is the best teacher on earth. Yeah, and nothing can teach you better than when you are at rock bottom, mm-hmm. and you realize very hopefully very quickly that rock bottom is a great place to start a foundation. It is. And you start building up and you start going from there and trying to understand, okay, why was I in this position? And you, you later on in the book, um, you start talking about all of the different little choices that you made. There's, um, the gentleman Mm -hmm. from Florida that Mark Mark, Merrill. Yes. Reading Mark's story and how he was selling, you know, he was living under a bridge selling bottled water to uh oh, go ahead so uh mark, yeah mark so that's different mark marrow he's the he was the professional wrestler um really cool contractor was, oh, was the gentleman sorry. living under the yes, bridge the, yeah the really cool contractor yeah and um you were talking about the really cool contractor about living under the bridge in florida mm-hmm. and selling bottled water yeah. to cars at a at a red light yeah. and then one guy in a mercedes stops by and says hey yeah, pull over to this gas station and I'll talk to you for a minute. He did. He bought some water, threw him, you know, threw him a tip, told him keep the change, and hey, pull pull over here real quick. And that that engagement with with him really changed the direction of of his life. It was a it was a huge turning point. You know, this guy this guy didn't have to do that. And um, and the from what I understand, that that gentleman had driven past him multiple multiple times. I saw him almost every day. And. So the other part of that um, that I got from your book was the fact that you you talk about don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Where yes, when when you hit rock bottom, that's a great place to start a foundation, and hopefully, rock bottom doesn't have a basement for you. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the times, to be able to start building that foundation to truly expand is to ask for help. And you you talk about uh, your wife. And the fact mm-hmm. that when you got fired in 2005 and what are you going to do when you're walking back into, into your home and you're going, well, how is this going to go? Yeah. She, and it was, it was interesting. So I, she wasn't the first one I called. And I think I've, I think I've shared this with you online, offline, but yeah. also in the book is I had about a 12 minute drive home from when I got fired, jumped in the car. And I'm like, I gotta have, I gotta tell Emily something more than I got fired and, and I don't know what to do. And I don't have an answer. I'm, a, I'm an answers guy. I'm a results guy. So I had called a couple of the painters that I knew. Hey, give me thirty days. We're gonna be we're gonna be busy. We're 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 gonna paint some houses. So, yeah, I came home. It was a very quick conversation. She just I, I remember why why are you home so early? Because you know, this was just right after lunchtime. You know, I'm usually yeah. back four, five, six o'clock. I got fired today. Oh, okay. Um, she let me vent and curse and do all of that. And she's, <laughs> what are you gonna do about it? Well, we're gonna we're gonna start M and D painting. I'm going over right now to set it up, and uh, you know, I've still got five hours of daylight left. So I'll be back. Hey, I got, I got your back. I believe in you go get it. And and that was that. <laughs> so throughout this process with writing this book, again, we started at the beginning. I asked you, you know, in 2016, what happened then as you got to now, when you got called out by, uh, Mark, it, it's not Mark. I'm sorry. Bill, the customer Bill. that I was sitting. No, no. Uh, oh, the other Mike. author, Mike. Yeah. Mike. Uh-huh. Thank you. Knew it started with them when you got called out by Mike in September of 2021, and you're talking. I, I I love how you're talking about listening to his book, sitting there on the sandy beach in Spain, I was, looking, I, looking I over the Mediterranean like yesterday. Yeah, I'm like you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but you're listening to this. And it's where I was. I mean, that it's it's that's exactly where I was and what I was doing. Yeah, and I vividly remember that day. And so you have this aha moment of, okay, I got called out. Now I need to put pen to paper. I need to actually pull this manuscript out and start working on it again. Yeah. What was the fears that you, you saw right then? What You talk a little bit about it in the book, but yeah. I just kind of want to get your take on it. So I wrote, I wrote a book in 2011, and I had no, I had no idea what a, a great book looked like, how you did it. You know, technically, tactically, uh, tac- you know, the the, the, uh, the, t- the technical aspect of it. And um, I never thought, hey, you write a book for the reader, right? Imagine, <laughs> imagine that. I, I didn't know that. So, you know, I went through that process and it was a, it was a great book, but I didn't I didn't market it. I, I didn't stick with it. So, of course, if, if you don't 
you know, get behind it every day and go put it out there, it's not going to sell. So there was always that, well, look, you know, it's that, it's that, it's those two voices you have, you know, on your, on your shoulder. One, hey, you wrote your last book and look at all that time and energy and money and you invest and you sold 174 copies, you know, and uh, 80 of them were to your, to your family and friends that you bribed <laughs> to buy them somehow, right? No, no, really. Yeah. Like that's, that's how a lot of the, the first books go. Um, but so there was that, there was that fear. Well, what, you know, what's everybody, what's everybody going to think? How relevant will, uh, will they believe in me to see it through because I had started and stopped this process, you know, many times before, Hey, I'm committing to the book again. Oh, well you committed to the painted baby, you know, three times over the last six years. So there was, <laughs> there was that. Um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, it was that, it was that question of, you know, and I don't think Mike was, um, he didn't have this big magical moment where he's like, I'm going to call out Matt. He just said, Hey, you got to finish this story. This is an amazing story. People need to hear it and it's going to make their life and business better. So I'm just sitting there weighing those two things, like give a shit about what people think or that are going to judge that aren't my reader that don't care about me. I don't care about them really. Like I don't know them or I'm going to impact this base of readers and listeners, like my true audience of, of who that person is. I really narrowed down to who that is. You know, it's somebody that got fired from a job started a business, scrapped together, is working really hard and just needs some tools like they, because I started my business, my readers, they're starting their business and it's growing, it's successful, but it's not scaling. They're feeling trapped. They almost are maybe wishing they were going back to their job. They've built this monster that they can't get any kind of control systemization and any kind of strategy to really build it and scale it long-term, bring in, lead, inspire other people. So I'm like, you know, I'm really going to care what, you know, Timbo 2020 anonymous YouTube account <laughs> said about a video or a snippet of this previous book or this book. I don't care, you know? So, no. yeah. So it, so it had to happen. And then I had to commit myself. So I had to put things in place where there was no, you know, no way to go, to go back on that. What were some of those things? Biggest thing was finances. Um, the, the first book I did, it was self published print on demand. I think I literally wrote, sat down, wrote it in 60 days, went out, found my interviews, did it pretty quick. Um, I didn't invest in, you know, highly, uh, a highly paid professional team to help me developmentally edit, figure out who the reader is, cover design, layout, like I'm doing hardcover, paperback, e-versions, audible. You know, I went in and hired the, the best of the best and teamed up with a really wonderful publishing company. It's a cool model they have. But it was a lot of money. And, you know, when you, you know, like you put your, put your money where your, where your mouth is, like you got to see it through. And for me yeah. committing that, like, I just, I just can't, I can't back out. Got it. Yeah. So that was a big motivational drive for you to actually get to this point where it's coming out on the 31st. Yeah. I mean, I, I have the finished <clears throat> book, right? Yeah. Hardcover, everything in, in my hand. And yeah, it's, it's ready to go right now. Yeah. So we're just doing the build up to it. And, uh, couple of groups and uh, events I'm going to prior to that are going to get a little sneak peek. They did some pre-purchase, but yeah, it's coming out 31st of January. We're having our party yes. uh, February 3rd. Uh, <laughs> you should have just gotten the invite to that. I and did, you, and I got yeah. my ticket, so awesome. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to throw a big old dinner and celebration, and uh, some wonderful local companies have teamed up to sponsor the event. We're going to do some fun things and fun surprises, and uh, even some of the entrepreneurs whose stories were featured in the book, they're going to be there. Oh, fantastic. We're going to get a chance to meet them. It's going to be super fun. So what is your goal with this book? What, what is the impact that you hope it will have? So the first person that gave me any kind of feedback for it, right? And this is back to any, so anybody that's listening and you've got the little negative guy that's just crapping on you and your dreams <laughs> on one shoulder. And then the, Hey, you did something, said something that really uplifted me, right? You've got these two, these two guys, gals on your shoulder. The first business owner, I asked a small group to be on the launch team. I said, Hey, I'm going to send you the book, read it, like, give me your feedback, and then I'd love for you to write a review. Uh, he texts me, and uh, he's a, a business that we do business with, right? He's a service provider, and he's become a friend. He goes, man, this book, he goes, this is amazing. I, I can't put it down. Like, I, I, I just want to <laughs> keep turning the pages. These stories are amazing. This is inspiring. So happy you finished it. You know, and I'm like, just, it's, it's for that, right? Like, I have a goal for book sales. I want to I sell 5,000 books this first year. And then do it four more times. I want to get to that 20,000 mark just because that's an important mark, right? That's the dollars and cents, P&L goals, things like that. But, I mean, I'm more concerned about these messages, what you shared. Like you told me, you know, share what you told me downstairs <laughs> when we were pouring coffee that, that this might have, might have yeah. reignited something for you that you were thinking of maybe not following through with. 
You, it's, it's that kind of stuff, man. I was going to say, you went exactly where I was planning to go with it. In it's the fact that with this book, even even though you knew nothing of what was going on, just aside from the fact that you were on the podcast last year and you said, hey, when the book comes out, I'd like to come back on. Um, the last episode, aside from the one that went live yesterday, was back on September 30th. Mm-hmm. And then me and the transplant, and I, I released uh, about a 22-minute little podcast yesterday just to talk about kind of what has happened and that sort of stuff. But ultimately, it was uh, the transplant, Jen, um, my former co-host, she decided that she needed to step away in October. And it was at that point in time that we were just finally starting to crest the hill. And starting to get some, not just normal monetization through the different podcasts. We're on 13 different uh, platforms, that sort of stuff, that you do have a little bit of monetization through that. But we were starting to get local companies that wanted to do sponsorships, that wanted engagement. And when there was that separation between Jen and I, and to have to give those checks back, and then trying to find another co-host someone that that would have the engagement somebody that people want to listen to and the first couple of people that I asked and they just didn't have the time within their schedule they didn't they weren't able to commit to it and so we what went from thinking I was going to be off the air for three weeks and ended up being three months yeah losing um, guests that were supposed to be on losing those ideas and not being able to have the engagement. And I was sitting down with my wife and we're talking and I I was getting ready to just call it quits saying, you know what? Yeah. It kind of ran its course and I'm going to be done. And it wasn't 24 hours later. I get your email. (laughs) I get your email that says, Hey, the book's coming out at the end of January. I'd like to come back on the podcast and talk about it. Yeah. And, that reignited something. But then even yesterday I reached out to you and I said, well, shoot, if we're having this book, I really need to read this book. I should have reached out a a week ago or something. Didn't even cross my mind that, that you would have books in hand that I could just borrow a copy and be able to read it. And so I sent you an email yesterday and I'm like, Hey, (laughs) do you happen to have a copy of this? We're talking 24 hours, 24 hours ago where we are right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, hey, do you happen to have a copy of this book that, that I can borrow and thumb through and be able to, to read it before we sit down for this podcast? And as I'm reading that book, and just even the first couple of pages, and as you talked about with not being able to put it down, you start the way that this book is written, it's not like a self-help book. It's not like a traditional self-help or you would alluded to a terminology at the beginning of the podcast. Soundbite. The, the, you know, rah, rah, rah. Like, yes, it's do, not. Do this. It's amazing. Correct. And then it hits you, you know, hey, it hits you at your core. You get excited. Okay, well, now what? Well, what do I do when I leave this event seminar and put this book down? How? Yes. Yeah. And so I would equate it a little bit more to um, Miracle Morning. I'm not sure yeah. if you've read How? that. Elbow. How? Yes. Yeah, I have. And, uh, go off on a quick tangent when I met him. So this was when I was still working for, uh, for JP Morgan chase as a mortgage banker and was being recruited by fairway and, uh, fairway. They took me down to Dallas for a, a big sales seminar, that sort of stuff. An opening night, how speaking. And he said one thing at the very end of his presentation, as he's engaging and everything, he says, you know, those people that constantly hit the snooze button, it's like, and so you constantly do it. If you hate waking up so much, why do you do it every five minutes? And it was just yeah. something that just stuck with me. But I would equate your books um, similarly to kind of that first time I read Miracle Morning, where you do have some answers. You do have some driving questions throughout the entire book that says, hey, pause here. Stop for a yes. minute. Yep. Take a look at this. What what are the stories in your life that that you aren't telling everyone else mm-hmm. you know there's there's sections throughout the entire book um there, there's a book called house of leaves this came out uh, by mark daniel whiskey 
beginning of shoot, I think it was 2001, 2002, something of that sort. And one of the, the biggest pieces of that book that people hated is he would go on a three, four, five page diatribe on how an echo works. Well, then uh, as soon okay. as you turn the page, then you realize why he spent so much time telling you how, what the distance is for an echo because his character now hears a full echo. Well, it wouldn't make sense within that context if you didn't have that information. But you do a great job within your book of, of outlining that, of saying, yes, you have some stories that you aren't telling people. And what is the window? What is it that everybody knows about you? What is the facade? What is yes. it that you're hiding? Yeah. What is it that is your blind spot that everybody else can see but you're oblivious to? Yeah. And then what is the unknown? Yeah. Throughout all of this process with with writing this book and with your companies, yes, you Painted Baby goes on the M&E painting side. But yep. with your other companies, does, has this story, has the way that you ran the painting company really impacted how you do everything else within your life, not just within business, but personally as well? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yes to all. <laughs> and, you know, M&D Painting was the, the first company. So I, I tell people, you know, that was the, the testing grounds for a lot of this stuff. I've made, you know, made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of lessons, uh, but really pulled out some core values and some themes of how we do business. So uh, like another another book idea that I've got in mind and working on, it's pour into people, right? It's how you invest in people. You put people before the profits and and what that looks like. That is a that is a lesson. That is a value set that we run through all of our businesses, mostly learned by really getting it wrong with people for a really long time. <laughs> Painted baby, right? Connecting with clients and others you serve through brave, vulnerable storytelling. It's It's owning your worst moments. It's putting down the perfection, putting that aside and really connecting with people. Again, that was done from massive uh, screw-ups and learning lessons. So yes, in all of the other companies, those are the core values, right? All of the companies, they're an extension of, of me, the partnerships that, that I have, those are an extension of us, me and the, and the business partner. But yeah, we push that through, uh, through everything. So it's a great, it's a great tie-in. That's good. So now let's talk about Northern Colorado. So You've obviously spent a lot of time here. <laughs> yeah, 30 years. Yeah, I moved here when I was 10, so just a little over 30 years. And you've built your businesses. You've built these mm -hmm. successful businesses. You have uh, overall throughout, throughout northern Colorado, people know you. Whether it's their, the guy spinning the sign up off yeah. of Harmony and, uh -huh. and 287 or based off of your, your bus signs and uh, bus yeah. stop signs, all of that stuff. Northern Colorado right now, everybody's nervous throughout, throughout everything that's going on economically mm -hmm. within the United States. With, uh, with the leadership program that you've built, with everything else that you've done, how, how do you guide people? How do you – I don't want to say bring comfort because it's not necessarily comfort that people are looking for. It's people are looking to leaders right now that have any form of answer that isn't just blowing smoke. Yeah. So in Northern Colorado with this climate that we, we have with everything that's going on, what are some of the things that you, that you're looking at this year that you can do or that other people can do that you, you see the problems that are taking hold and how can we kind of correct them as a community? Yeah. So the, the first thing, and again, it's like being, being real and, and truthful about it, you know, I mean, so you have, you have to be really careful with the, the positive thinking. So hear me, hear me out all the way through. I'm a, I'm a glasses half full kind of guy, right? So, okay. Real estate, there's inflation. Things are costing more families that are not receiving pay increases to keep up with the, the rising costs are going to have higher expenses. It's going to eat into their ability to save, if they're even saving, if they're you know, creating debt, they're probably creating more debt, right? Well, think positive. Think your, <laughs> think your way to riches, right? Yeah. No. Like a gallon of milk was like $9 at Christmas. I, I had to go get it. I can't, if there was even milk or eggs left, like they were, they were totally out, right? So uh, we were just talking about this as a company is face the facts of what's going on. In, interest rates are higher. That's going to affect and drive and change real estate and what people do with their homes specifically for our painting business. Let's not avoid it. Let's not stick our head in the sand. You can't avoid it. You can't hide from it. 
you have to face it, but you also can't just throw this glossy, well, think positive. Yes, you need to think positive, but, but face what's going on. Like the money, the money, the money's not going to disappear. It's, it's going to change hands. So from a financial or an economic perspective, if you're a business owner, what are those key things? How will inflation affect your business? Are you a, uh, a luxury, you know, it's a, it's a want not a need. You may need to shift somehow in your business to uh, create and become more of a need or maybe run to a, say a product line or an offering that is, that is need-based. There's going to be a lot of that. So just, just being real with it and having somebody that's willing to be real with it and say, Hey, yeah, we might, you know, when COVID hit, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, I just saw people getting cut, get fired and these le- leaders, right. That was, that were, <laughs> it was so easy to lead when just money was coming in everywhere. Right. Yeah. They were running and hiding and cutting people. I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cut my salary in half so we can have a little bit more runway and see what happens. It's going to take people that really step into it and they're brave and they're honest and they're they're making sacrifices, right, and supporting the people that are that are there. So that's that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're facing right now. And all of our different businesses face different challenges, you know, and, and the, on the X's and O's level based on what's happening in the economy. Um, but we still do say, hey, you know, we're not going to sit here and we're not going to mope. We're not going to complain. We're not going to paint the picture 12 months down the road to the end of the year that we failed because then we'll just fail. So you so you definitely have to have a positive mindset in that, but not just so head in the clouds, forgetting about what's really going on kind of positive thinking, if that, if that makes sense. I know I it does. came at it a couple different ways. No, and I, I appreciate that. Be real, love your people, support your people, and – have a new strategy. We're going to need some new strategies to to face this and get through this. <laughs> it seems that too many or too often that people have that kind of head in the clouds, just think positive, just, you know, it's the Dory, just keep going, just keep going, you know, whatever it may be. But they fail to understand that, as we were talking earlier, that sometimes stopping, sometimes taking a few steps back and being able to recenter yourself is the yeah. right, is the right solution. Yeah. Yeah, and if you find something's not working, try try something else. You know, change change directions, make a shift. And you know, for me, it's it's also taken. I I don't have all the answers. You know, and I still like I'll still go home at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah, this could be scary if we if we play out where this could go, right? And we don't know where it's going to go. We don't have the crystal ball, but leaders need to seek you know advice and input and experience share from other leaders as well. So uh, I did a morning coffee about this. Is you got to fire negative people from from your life. <laughs> especially when it gets into a time where um, there's there's these issues, these problems, these struggles, these challenges on the horizon, and you ever been around that guy, gal, whoever that just grabs hold of it and just, play, just plays that violin to, oh. to the sinking Titanic to the bottom of the sea. Like, I cannot stand that. <laughs> um yeah. You just got to got to eliminate that and and push that away. And you can't you can't be that leader that does that because you do that and you're in charge of you know twenty five people, hundred people, five hundred people. They're they're going to catch on and they're going to they're going to eat that up pretty quick. And that will totally change the energy direction and results of your organization. Uh, you've seen that time and time again. And it's I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and we were talking about this very thing, and. He was one of those that I said, you kind of have to change your overall mindset. I said, you you see the negative in absolutely everything. Yeah. You can, you know, <laughs> I said, there's a point that you get a, a free cup of coffee. I said, the last time we went out and we had a cup of coffee, it was back in November. And I said, even at that point in time, you didn't pay for the coffee. I bought you a cup of coffee. And yet you still complained and found something wrong with the cup of coffee. Yeah. He said, he said, look at everything that you're doing within your life and everything that you point to, you're only pointing out the negatives. I yeah. said, and I mentioned off three th- different things that were going phenomenal in his life. I said, you never talk to me about these things. W- why? Yeah, but you get yeah, butted. it's the yeah, but it's the yeah, but yes. guy. Yeah, but you know, I still you know, talked to somebody the other day and he's, um, he's in, he's in the mortgage industry. He's going to take a huge, a huge pay cut. He's going to get paid 40% of what he made last year. And they're still um, buying a really cool house, right, for their family. Yeah. And he's like, man, I'm, I'm taking a, oh. you know, he started getting into that. He's a good, good friend. I said, hey, how cool that you can take a 40% pay cut 
and you don't have to move out of the current house you're in and just like go move into somebody's basement or or into a shelter like you still get to go upgrade and, and you know like you, that's a that's a great first yeah. world problem for you so it's just it's just that and he goes you know what yeah you're right i said well then ride this out figure this out get creative you know figure out a way to make it work you're good but but we just you know he i think he had at that point leading into that conversation had probably listened to some doom and gloom you know <laughs> So, oh, absolutely. There's been times that I've had to turn off certain. Uh, I listen to an awful lot of podcasts. I listen to a bunch of different talk radio on both the left and the right because I am an independent and I consider myself a true independent where I want to hear both sides of the aisle. I want to hear what's going on. Yeah. And I want to have a better understanding of what is the facade that's being shown to us, what's yeah. actually going on underneath. Yeah. And. When you are so focused, especially into politics, more so than anything else, it can drive you into an early grave. It's yeah. just in the fact of how much negativity, how much is just being spewed upon you that doesn't matter. <laughs> that yeah. isn't isn't exactly – it's not anything about what a particular bill is or, or what this may be, that may be. It's all just – word vomit yeah. to try and get a reaction not a response yeah yeah and it's i'm i'm right you're wrong i'm in my corner there's no there's no middle ground there's no just logical discussion on on either side and and you know i joked about this i don't i don't talk i don't talk about anything that's going to divide people and create any more chaos negativity just crap that that's already out there you know it's like we we need to leaders especially in this time and i think all the time but especially in this time you need to uplift people bring people together get some get some common focus and common energy around something positive again don't ignore what's going on right i'm not ignoring yeah. you know these things the issues that need to be addressed but but you can't you can't dwell on them you need to you need to create solutions where there's winning outcomes for everybody and uh, have the balls to do it you know <laughs> i guess that's the only way to say it right like somebody yeah. needs to step up and do it um because a lot of pe a lot of people aren't that that pit you talked about that's the basement yep it's like mom's basement who's letting you stay there and she's cooking you soup and letting you play the video games and hang out there all day it's like people create and and other people will create these environments for them where they they get to go there and it's and it's okay you've got to you got to break out of that yeah i'm <laughs> So at the beginning of this year, you know, everybody has New Year's resolutions. Everybody has that stuff. And then you saw the whole thing of never – don't anybody say that this is your year, <laughs> that sort of thing, because everybody yeah. did that back in 2020 and, and uh, 2021, 2022. And it seems like we've just been living in this constant cycle that's just been a three-year, one-year cycle. Mm -hmm. I, I'm cautiously optimistic about this year. And the reason why I put it cautiously optimistic is because of the conversations just within, I mean, shoot, we're sitting here on January 11th. Yeah. And the conversations that I've already had this year have been, you know, yeah, we're in a bad spot. Yeah, we're, this isn't going as we planned. But a lot of them have been also, I'd never, if I wouldn't be, it wouldn't have been in this position that I'm in right now. I would have never saw these opportunities that I'm yep. now seeing. Absolutely. And it's yeah. changing that mindset. And this is when I was reading your book, this is a lot that I was looking at as well. Even just talking about this podcast where I was ready to pull the plug on it and now looking at it and going, you know, now I have a little bit more creative freedom. Uh, now I'm going to be able to bring on a couple other co-hosts that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to bring on yep. without going through what I went through and being able to learn from not mistakes, but learn from some of the pitfalls and have a better understanding of, okay, I, I went through that. We made it through this. Now, what does the future hold? Yeah. And where can I go and truly take all of that knowledge that I learned, even though it put me into a place that I didn't want to be now I'm sitting here with an awful lot that I can look forward to and say, great, I know what I can do and how to improve this and how I can be better at this now. As you were sharing your, your story about losing the sponsors and, you know, turning, turning away the guests, like that's your, that's your rugby pass back right there. You're maybe, maybe it was 20 yards. Maybe it felt like 40, 50, you know, it was <laughs> way far back, but 
you know, now you're sitting here ready to, ready to launch. You know, and I think, uh, yeah, when, when things are good, right, uh, fat and happy, you'll hear that term when, yeah. you know, in, in, in the real estate business, it's like anybody can pick up and grab a deal. Um, when, when things are going that way, it doesn't really force you to think outside the box. When you, when, when things are being, you know, taken away from you or become scarce, that, that instinct of, I've got to figure this out. Like I've got to feed the family. I've got to support the team. I've got to do these things. It actually, for it's a, it's a good thing to have some constriction and some pullback. Doesn't mean it's comfortable. Doesn't mean it feels good. Doesn't mean you wanted it. But for, for me and a lot of other people, I know that that's when they've made some of their biggest, you know, discoveries, breakthroughs, and were set up for some of their biggest successes. I mean, you look at, you know, people in history that lost everything, hit reset at 50, 60, you know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you for drive, for driving it forward. And, and yeah, you know, like, thank you for having me back. And just those, those words mean a lot that you, that you shared with me that, you know, that this book, um, was, that this book was able to do that for you. Yeah. And as you put it, it's not a soundbite book. I encourage every everyone who's listening to this to go out and get this book, pre-order this book. Whether it's whether you're looking at it for business or you're looking at it for your own personal life, even the tools that you have on uh, uh, com yeah. that go with this book mm-hmm. to be able to start looking at your stories and having an understanding of, okay, yeah, I'm trying to put everything, trying to have this shiny facade on the outside, on social media, whatever it may be. But I'm I'm dying inside because of everything else that's going on. Yep. And understanding not only that it's all right to have those vulnerabilities and those stories, but your book and, and the tools that you have that go with it yep. allow you to be able to break everything down. And yes. I'm not sure if you're if you do a lot of journaling at all. In phases and seasons, yeah. Okay. Not as consistent, but but I do. Yeah. That that's one thing. I'm I'm doing a a lot of people are doing the hard 75 or yeah. hard 90. I'm doing uh-huh. a hard 90 right now. Okay. So, you know, no alcohol, get to the gym every day. Um, cold That's showers. That's why this coffee tastes different than we had. <laughs> Wasn't it different last time we had, right? <laughs> uh, doing, you know, the, uh, for me, like the Wim Hof method with breathing, it's a different, it's essentially meditation, but it's in a different light. Um, ice cold showers and different things of that sort to, to put me into a different mindset and to be able to drive me forward. So that way I can accomplish what I want to accomplish this year. And this piece of the, uh, having this book and having the tools, it allows you to truly dive in and you do a, a brilliant way of being able to isolate through your 60 program. Yes. Yeah. How do you isolate your stories? And how you build your stories and also build up your stories, not just for yourself, but how you can then take that story and share it with somebody else and yes. be able to have that impact, not only yourself, not only your your close circle, your sphere of influence, but others as well. I mean, the fact that you walked into yeah. <laughs> into the studio tonight having no idea how your book impacted me. No, I didn't. And and again, like I think about that and I'm, and I'm sitting back like Matt – from 2016, if I can say it, like, what a bitch you were. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, this is th- this is what I envisioned. Like, there's so much more impact that this is going to have. I, I would encourage anybody that's looking to, that's thinking about doing something, like a book, a podcast, a business, just jumping into something where they're really going to impact people. I think the bigger impact that is known that you're going to have Right in the in the big picture, the, the the harder there'll be some pushback. So if you're going for big impact, there's going to be big pushback. So no, I'm I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for it, and uh, it's going to be exciting moving forward. So I'm excited for people to read it and just keep keep getting out there. And my daughter, I'll tell you, my daughter hustled me down. <laughs> she shook me down. She said, Matt, uh, Dad, uh, she goes, you you put me on the cover. How much are you going to pay me for every every book we sell? It's <laughs> a motivation there, right, to to sell books. So she gets a little royalty. That's awesome. Be supporting her and her future college wedding fund, probably <laughs> probably business fund too. Is what I think she'll do. That's awesome. And the story that you have in there with you and your daughter going to Spain—that yeah. was—I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you had that experience and had that experience with your daughter. We did. Yeah, she still she still has a hard time talking about it because I think she still remembers the. Um, 
Not so much what she saw, but the dog. We'll, we'll have to tease the audience around if we should yeah. share this. Should we share the story? Should we? I think you just teased that and read it in the book. Yeah, we had a we had a pretty crazy experience in Spain where we had to step up and step into something that was uh, you know pretty gruesome to help somebody and nobody was there to help and her leadership and love for for dogs, you know, like literally changed the situation one eighty. It could have gone could have gone pretty bad. Could have gone a lot of different yeah. ways than it did. Yeah. So I, yeah. before we close out, I want you to take a few minutes and talk about um, pitch the book as far as I know we've been essentially pitching the book this entire time. But where can people yeah. get it? Uh, what are the other resources? Where do they get the other resources? Yeah. And uh, when can they have it in hand? Yeah. So um, so we're actually we're not doing a pre-order. We're going to do like a full launch uh, January 31st. It will be available on Amazon. So you'll have hardcover, paperback, uh, e-version working on the Audible right now. So we'll have a launch of the Audible a couple months down the road. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be the 31st. Yeah, that takes a little bit more time. <laughs> it does. I'm recording it right now. And that's a yeah. fun that's a really fun experience to do. Yes. And then the workbook that goes along with it. So at mattshaup.com, I have a free tool. It's a library. It's a workbook from the other book, Become an Award-Winning Company, some leadership personality tools, free video coaching. It's just all of the resources that have really helped me grow my business, advance my leadership that you can totally download for free. But when you join that list and you get that, you'll get updates on when the book is launching and, and going and being able to, to buy it there. That's awesome. Yeah. I wish you all the success. And I, Thank I don't even think I need to because after reading this book, you you talked, you alluded to the fact that you want to sell 5,000 copies and get to 20,000 copies. Yeah. I truly think that you could hit that this year. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to, you're challenging me to, to up my <laughs> game, up my game. I told somebody today they were th- uh, thinking too small on something. So I think you've challenged me in the same way. It's, I've read an awful lot of self-help books. I've read an awful lot of, whether it's Simon Sinek, whether it's Grant Cardone, whether it's Tim Robbins, I've read an awful lot of those books and very few of them leave you wanting, wanting more in the book, more in the stories, more in the understanding of, holy cow, how this actually does play out in my own life. So many of them are the sound bites. So many of them are, you know, the great idea. I mean, Simon Sinek, and there's a chapter in your book called Leaders Go First. Yes. And when I first saw that that was the title of a chapter, immediately I went to Simon Sinek because his book, Leaders Eat Last. Eat Last, yeah. And I was like, leaders, leaders go first. But then even going into that chapter and you have an understanding that as a leader, there's sometimes that you have to put yourself first. And yep. you, you have to be the one that, that is courageous and says, with everybody standing around – I'm going to go in and I'm going to take control of this situation. And, and that was the, the Haley story in Spain. Yeah. Everybody's standing around like people that should have been doing something. were standing around and nobody's doing anything. And I said, okay, let's do this. Let's do this, Haley. <laughs> and then when we start doing that, they go, what are you doing? <laughs> you're sure not, you're not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't, you know, go first in terms of a selfishness, but it's like, Hey, there's an action that needs to be taken right now. And when, when you do it as the leader, Everybody else will follow through that door. You've got to, you've got to pierce through. You've got to open that door, bust a hole in that wall. And then I think I follow that up with, uh, you know, leaders don't do it alone because I think we get in this, well, I'm going to go first and do it all myself and put the weight of the world on our shoulders. No, you, you've got to ask for help. And, and there's a team that, that's going to support that. Or you're not going to be able to do it for too long. And then you follow that up with sometimes leaders are last. Mm-hmm. Put themselves last. Put themselves last. And that last. was Dave's story. Yes. We're, yeah. And so this is why every single story that comes in throughout this book, it it opens a window and it opens a vulnerability within yourself. At least that's how I felt reading it is, holy cow, I'm immediately recalling certain times within my own life that I've experienced these things, similar things. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been at the lowest low and I've been at the highest high and understanding what those differences are. So that's where I, this isn't just a, it's not, it's not a self-help book, but it is in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, and I, and I close with, you know, kind of the final cap off of it as I'm writing it and, and processing through it, it is, you know, it's about connecting with clients through brave and vulnerable storytelling, but it's also connecting with whoever your business touches and serves. And a business reader is going to read this 
they're going to leave it and have, you know, executable steps to change the way that they're communicating with people and sell more business, right? Yeah. But then it's really going to have them take a hard look at how they're leading their people and just how they're doing life because I, I say it a lot in this, it's it's life, leadership, business. This will absolutely translate. So a non-business reader, right? My, my reader is a business yeah. reader, but a non-business reader can pick this up and um, apply these same principles to the way that they're interacting with the people that they serve you know, their place of employment, their family, their friends, and whatever they're involved in. And I think that, you know, that's going to make northern Colorado and, you know, communities everywhere a better place. And that's kind of the last thing that I'll leave you with is not only go and get this book, but pick up a couple extra copies. Because after reading this book, I I have a list of people that I want to give this book to. Oh, that'd that be I, awesome. That yeah, I, I think that. it would help. Yeah. And if you're a small business in northern Colorado and you're looking for – what that what that edge may be in this year in 2023 yeah. get extra copies of this book and pass it out to your employees and and my and my promise if you're local and you can make it down to my building on Taurus Court you know Cafe Sevilla we'll have some Spanish coffee I'll sign the books for you I'll write a nice note of encouragement to whoever you're you're wanting to gift that to that's that's my promise to anybody that that uh, that buys the book just come come on down we'll have some coffee that's awesome. And yeah. your coffee is fantastic. It is. Yeah. I like it. Yours is good, too. I like it. Thank you. It's late. I don't think I'm going to be up late tonight. It's, what is it, 8 o'clock now? Yeah, just about there. We're so. finishing coffee at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night. It happens. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Matt, thank you for coming on. And thank you for writing this book. Thank you. Because it already has had an impact in my life. And with all of the listeners, you know, I, I alluded to uh, – I got the kind of rap analytics from 2022 on the podcast. And okay. even without having the last three months, without having a, a single episode released October, November, December, viewership on this podcast, on this podcast was up 416%. It's amazing. It's awesome. From 2021 to 2022. Love it. We were in the top 8% of, of small market news podcasts across the entire United States. And so to have some of this stuff and then to have your encouragement through your book, again, you walked into this podcast not knowing any of this, but it's already having a major impact, and I think it's going to have a major impact throughout this year and beyond. And so thank you. I appreciate you driving forward, man. Keep doing it. (laughs) Absolutely. So, well, as always, I'm your native, Alex Johnson. We'll see you next week. Take care.